uh, Andrew, I don't know if you have been keeping up uh, on Twitter, but uh, I have a tweet that uh, now has 1,547 likes. Did it get so, that high? <laughs> yeah. And is, is it just your the one you sent me this morning? Yeah. It's yep. just a reply to someone about Bob's Burgers. That's it. The internet a- baffles me. <laughs> It's always the nothing tweets, man. I got I had a tweet with 26,000 likes that is, like, not one of my funnier tweets at all. Yeah, I don't understand. I j- it's probably because it's in reply to a famous uh, comedian slash writer's original post, so I guess more people have seen it. But it's it's not that funny or even enlightening. It just exists as maybe the top comment, and so that's why. But, uh, you know... With uh, with this newfound internet fame, I don't know what it's probably going to go to my head actually for a while. You know, have you? Yeah, you need to lawyer up and get a manager. Um, yeah, I think I think this is going to be pretty lucrative for you. Uh, there have been some calls. I'm not going to yeah. lie. You know, um, have I've, you seen? I've had to <laughs> I've had to send them a voicemail because I have my phone on do not disturb, so I stop receiving notifications. About Dude, you're, this you're tweet. fucking okay. Thank you for bringing that up. Your notifications are silenced. More than any human being I've ever seen. I'm just going to say notify anyway to every text that I send yeah. you. I'm busy, dude. Busy cooking up tweets, you know? <laughs> tweets tweets I, such as this. I cannot be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I'm going to get a little sign that says genius at work. And then... Uh, the, uh, the Homer Simpson half glasses. Yeah. And just <laughs> really look into the four quadrants. I'm like a Marvel movie now. Where I have to, I'm trying to hit all four quadrants with every tweet to, for maximum impact. You know? I was, I was watching. There's this, there's this, uh, there's this Twitter page called Homer's Best Bits, and it's just, it's just Homer Simpson's bits, and it's when, it's from the one that I saw was from the, uh, the bowling episode, the Pin Pals. Okay. And yeah. uh, Homer goes into Mr. Burns's office to ask him for five hundred dollars. Uh, to uh sponsor, to sponsor team, his team right? and uh mr burns sees him as the pillsbury doughboy like hallucinates him and mm-hmm. starts like poking him and uh and homer then asks him for the 500 dollars, and he gives him the 500 dollars. and homer walks out of the office and mole man's right there and somebody else i can't remember and he goes hey guys if you want to ask burns for a favor do it now he's doped up or dying or something <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, he, he said the last of it as he was like running away <laughs> yeah. um so this morning i uh for i was looking for something to watch and i just decided suddenly hey i'm going to watch uh aliens sequel to the hit movie alien yeah um, hey call it something else you know what i mean well you but just put an was, s at the end here's what i was anyway. gonna say i love the simpler time of hollywood in 1986 <laughs> where the pitch for the sequel to alien was just like well remember how like remember how there was one alien what if there were like a lot more aliens and then <laughs> that's the movie and they were like yeah great <laughs> here's 40 million dollars go make it uh, <laughs> And that movie rules. It's one of the best sequels of all time. But it is because there are so many more goddamn aliens <laughs> in it. And you're like, oh, man, you got to fight one of these? 
Uh, I've never seen either, I've never seen any of the aliens movies. I feel like um, the atmosphere of the original Alien movie you would really enjoy. Um, the effects are rough, and I know that that's a rough thing for you. Sometimes, <laughs> so, sometimes it's hilarious. Like, oh night, no, it's it's very killer. funny. Yeah, it's it's very very funny, but because the the entirety of Alien, it's like this atmospheric movie that's set in this uh, spaceship, and so they can build the interior of a spaceship. It's just a set, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very claustrophobic, and there's one alien, and you can't kill this motherfucker, and he's got acid blood, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> that sucks. But the end, they do a shot outside of the ship just in space and man they look hilarious it, it looks about as 1979 as anything has ever looked you can see because, it you can see a hand with a black glove holding the model yeah just spinning it yeah because <laughs> it, it immediately will take you out of it like but it's the end so it's fine but the whole time like i'm i'm sold because everything is tactile and it's a real place it's not cg and you're like i feel like you get invested in the movie and then at the end they just do that exterior shot and it's just supposed to be space with a real spaceship and it looks very silly and i gotta uh, alien, watch that now <laughs> aliens has a little bit of the same problem but it's also got check this out mm-hmm. more aliens is Sigourney Weaver in that? She is the star of the Alien franchise. Look at me, bro. Look at you go. Uh, also, the budget for Aliens was eighteen point five million. So they didn't give him forty million; they gave him eighteen point five. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the same alien. Yeah. They probably found found a, an alien and just was like just put a bunch of them in there. You know what I mean? Just more aliens. Uh, uh, speaking of things that uh, people <laughs> people might have wanted more of. Uh, but in this case, people actually wanted less of. Well, welcome to Snark Marks, everybody. Stealing your, stealing your bit. Oh shit! Uh, yeah. Theme song. That always helps me. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. You're going you're to steal the beginning. You're going to steal the entire thing, Dusty. I'm putting my feet up. All right. Welcome to Snart Marks, everybody. We are a wrestling retrospective podcast that comes to you from the Central Valley of California where things are starting to get a little hot. In, Thank uh, God. <laughs> the, it was the so fucking cold for months. I'm sick yeah. of it, Dusty. Keep going. Yeah. Uh we uh, have done a, a lot of shows, almost a year's worth of shows, uh, where we've went back through 
uh, some wrestling history. We did an entire deep dive into 1997, WWF versus WCW, uh, which is my favorite year in wrestling. We did the best and worst booking of Vince Russo. Uh, if you're having a tough time and you just want to laugh, listen to one of those. We've also done some booking shows where we've created our own wrestling companies and write our own storylines because we want to put our money where our mouth is and say, hey, we're at least better than Vince Russo. Uh, if you want, you could follow us on every kind of social media that they got. Uh, we're on Twitter at uh, SnartMarkD for me, at SnartMarkPod. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. But as Andrew always says, to yep. Facebook. Thank you. Um, we are starting our third deep dive. And the third deep dive, we've decided after much discussion um, with the with the many people that it takes to make snark marks run that we want to do the WWE WCW invasion from the spring of 2001. So we're going to look at every major pay-per-view involved within the invasion. Uh, and to start that off, we thought, well, there's no better way to start something than to talk about the end of something else. So today we are discussing the very last WCW Monday Nitro, uh, which I think might be one of only like what five Monday Nitros you've ever watched, Andrew. I don't know how many have we watched on this show because that's all of them. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, I think we watched three or four Nitros uh, during the Vince Russo thing uh, during that deep dive. So you haven't? I don't know that you've ever seen a good episode of Monday Nitro. Oh I'm no, pretty sub I'm I don't presupposing think how you're going to feel about this one. But. I don't think there ever was a good show of Monday Nitro. I enjoyed this because this was like Jim Cornette being at Vince Russo's funeral. Yeah. That was me watching the last Monday Nitro. Like, ah, you guys are never going to fucking get to do that again, huh? You're not yeah. going to do that to the crowd anymore. You're not. Eric Bischoff's probably at home crying. So I can't believe he fucking beat me. I had a, I had a billionaire. I had a billionaire backing. The, yeah. the network owned the company. <laughs> Just screaming into a pillow. I had Hogan. Uh, I had the stroke. <laughs> yeah. We had Jeff Jarrett. We can't, I can't imagine. Um, so uh, this is a week before the last event that we watched, WrestleMania 17, uh, where the WWF just blew the shit out. They just, all all the guns they had, like they were fighting a horde of aliens, just mm -hmm. <laughs> blew, blew them all out. And then we have this WCW Nitro by comparison, which is uh, interesting from a historical standpoint, but I don't recall it being very different from what WCW was generally uh, presenting at the time. This is, I mean, this this felt like WCW to me. Yeah. It was in, it was surrounded by fifty thousand hillbillies. It was it was a makeshift arena, right? Yeah. Eighty percent of the crowd didn't know what the fuck was going on. They didn't know anything yeah. about wrestling. They, were, they and then uh, the, there was a bunch of guys I didn't care about, but there was there was some decent wrestling. Like Booker T versus uh, 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 Scott Steiner wasn't offensive. It wasn't blatantly offensive to yeah. you. Um, but I, listen, if you're going to do the last Monday Night Show, right? Yeah. And you're not going to put Buff Bagwell on the show. What are we doing here? Right. Soon yeah, to he, be fired by WWF. <laughs> yeah. 
Bagwell. Buff Bagwell, uh, who's mentioned on this show but does not appear. Yeah. So yeah, he is. Uh, so the story of the end of WCW, which hurts me because I love WCW, um, it goes like this: in the year 2000, WCW is on its ass. It's doing terribly. Um, the <laughs> the the high the high days of 1998 are way behind them, and some rumors start to circulate that they're trying to offload. WCW time Warner wants to sell and uh, finally they have this ability because of the time Warner time Warner AOL merger Ted Turner is not in charge of his company anymore and because he had always protected WCW even whenever because the WCW was only profitable two to three years of their entire you know 10 plus year run it's not what Bischoff says <laughs> That's uh, they were uh, they were profitable possibly uh, for two or three years. He always blames uh, creative accounting as the reason why <laughs> they were not uh, they were not always in the in the black. They but, had creative accounting. They didn't have creative booking. <laughs> there it is. I, I wonder if you're... Do... <laughs> you didn't you don't don't have to do, the, do rest the rest of the show. If yeah. uh, if, if maybe. Bischoff was counting their uh, pre-leather jacket budget. <laughs> right, which would have been substantial. Yeah, it's like, well, oh, we made $5 million this year, and then we bought a bunch of leather jackets. Yeah. Um, so they, they all had to buy tickets to the Sturgis Rally. That's how it worked out. <laughs> the, uh, at the beginning of 2001, Bischoff and WCW announced that he has put together a group of investors called uh, Fusiant Media. And they want to buy WCW for a lot of money, like $40 million or something like that, to take over all the assets of WCW. And uh, that gets announced. Like, there's a letter of intent signed. There's all this stuff. And I remember Eric Bischoff going on TV and uh, being interviewed by WCW live on, like, Thunder or something that he was going to come in and they had sold and everything was going to be great. And so th <laughs> this show was, an, was going to happen anyway. It was originally thought of as a like season finale. They're going to shut down after this show, take a couple months off and then relaunch and work the first time they did that. <laughs> well, this was going to be more of a hard like reset, you know? And, <laughs> I got then, a brilliant idea. Yeah. Everybody drops the belts. <laughs> right. So then Jamie Kellner, who was in charge of the Turner Broadcasting Division, uh, said, we're not going to continue to put WCW on the Turner networks because that was part of the deal was Fusion was going to buy it, but they were going to keep the time slots. And this guy was like, no, we're not. Like, we're done with wrestling. We don't want wrestling on the show anymore. <laughs> we're on our networks anymore. And so, of course, Bischoff's like, well, it's it's a the deal is dead if there's no TV. Like, we if we have a show, but we don't have anywhere to put the show, then we have no show. There's nothing. And the USA Network, who had previously had WWF, who had went to TNN, were like, we think wrestling is about to hit like a downturn. We don't, we don't want to be involved. So they don't want to buy WCW to put on their television show or to put on their television network. So WCW has no 
TV after this event scheduled, and therefore they have no buyer. Because, again, Fusion doesn't want to buy them and have to shop a television show that has terrible ratings at this point. It is essentially a brand that is beyond repair. So Vince comes in and who had, who had almost bought WCW in the year 2000, like October 2000. And then the deal fell through for whatever the reason was. They come back to Vince and they decide, like, we don't care because Vince doesn't want to put them on TV. He just wants the assets. They sell WCW for what is reported to be $3.5 million. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the real number, apparently it might even be less than that. I've heard $2 million as, as what they offloaded all of the assets of WCW except the contracts, which will come up later. So that deal had just been announced when this show uh like when this show starts, they had been like over the weekend, it had been announced that WCW had been purchased by WWF. So they still have this show to go through with. So they just put this Monday Nitro on. I just, I, I know Vince, we have our issues with him and I know, I know he stinks as a person right now. And he, he makes a lot of weird decisions with, I love victory lap Vince McMahon. Oh boy, do I love victory lap Vince McMahon. I yeah. love that he, ch- he took some time on the final nitro to, <laughs> to shit all over it and to, uh, to say that he was going to make Ted Turner come down <laughs> and beg him to take WCW off his hands and like, yeah. oh man, I, I, especially since I hated, I hated my experience with WCW so much. I, uh, and it's fun to see like how like the difference in the show that we're watching with the raw where Vince appears on this show, like you can just feel the different heat in the room for that raw. You know what I mean? Um, and the crowd was huge. They're in a giant arena filled to the brim. He's got, uh, and then, like I said, the WCW crowd's just a bunch of spring breakers in Florida. You know what I mean? Right. There's nothing like to. <laughs> there's nothing for them to hold on to. It's not a WCW stronghold where they're like super pumped that they get to see the last Nitro. It's just, <laughs> it's uh, at a resort that a bunch of people are getting to go watch wrestling for free at. It's a se- yeah, it's essentially the Sturgis situation again. Right. It's the the exact same thing. Um, WCW is having an abysmal time at this point. <laughs> like they <laughs> they don't have a single show in the year two thousand. There's there are tw- there's like thirteen shows nitros in the year two thousand. The highest rating that any of them got was a two point six. Like, and this final nitro gets a three, but that's probably because people are watching it to figure out what's going to happen. Like, and it's the final nitro, you know what I mean? Like, uh, right. that's, that, that means something. And, um, uh, cause uh, this, this organization did mean something to people, you know, yeah. were there people who were there any, do you think are, there were any big WCW fans who found out that Vince McMahon bought it on that show? Like when he showed I, up? I would imagine so because the internet, uh, 2001, the internet exists, but I think it's still yeah. <laughs> mostly in its infancy. Like, I think that I had heard from someone else that they had bought WCW 
And I was like, there's no way like that's crazy. And then it, you know, then that's why they do the, that's why they do the simulcast also is just to let people know like, Hey, (laughs) we're, it's not just heel Vince. It's probably a marketing tool. Like we've bought the, we bought the competition. The only, the only more thing, like bigger thing that Vince could have done is have every WCW wrestler lose their belt to a WWE wrestler that night. Wait, we aren't at the invasion yet, Andrew. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, okay. and Listen, by comparison, I don't, I don't know what's coming. By by comparison, all of the the lowest raw number at the time a four point six. So they're beating Nitro every week by, at worst, two uh two ratings points. Like, yeah. it's crazy. So we open this show. Uh, this is spring break. Night of Champions is what it's been dubbed, um, and we are live in the Florida Panhandle uh, with Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson as our announced team, and they uh, actually don't open the show because the show opens on Vince McMahon in the Raw backstage area, and he announces that he now owns WCW. And that the fate of WCW lies in his very hands. And that's how we opened the show. And then we cut to Scott Hudson and Tony Schiavone, who opened the show, uh, explaining that it's the last night on Turner and that there are five WCW title matches tonight. Well, and it was funny because it, it, it seemed like they had like a stockpile of fireworks for like the, the, the years of shows that they had for left. And they were just like, fuck it, it's the last one. Five-minute fireworks show to begin the show. It was pretty sick. It was pretty sick. I yeah. liked Shivani's tone this whole night. Where he's like, I can't fucking believe this happened. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what it, what the future holds. What am I going to do? Go replace it. Who was the color guy over there at the time? Oh, uh, Heyman. Oh, Paul well. Heyman. I, I, I think I'd pick Shivani over Heyman, actually. Well, it was Heyman and Jim Ross. So I guess Jim yeah. Ross is technically the play-by-play guy. So, oh, yeah, that's true, because Shivani's yeah. the play-by-play guy. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it's like, when am I going to go replace Jim Ross? What, <laughs> what, right. what, where's, where's old T. Shivani going to be next year? <laughs> yeah, and both of them, and it's, I think it was legit, both of, those, both of the announcers are like, we don't know. We might not have a job tomorrow. <laughs> Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? Um, so we get Ric Flair coming out first to open the show this is spiky short hair rick flair how do you feel about this it's better than the uh alfalfa do that he has sometimes where it's split yeah. down the middle um but it's not good it's it's yeah. not good at all and it's this is like peak like red-faced lispy brian greasy ass like yep. just mumbling and just 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 rambling he just keeps going and going and going and he just randomly starts talking to vince and he's like when's the last time you wrestled for an hour straight cut yourself on the forehead five times huh you son of (laughs) a bitch like he just uh, it was it was the weirdest promo i still listen i love watching the man wrestle i don't understand how people say that rick flair is one of the best on the mic like i but Except for those back in the day ones of like I'm fucking way richer than all you guys like all that stuff. How yeah. does he? How do he turn into this screamy fucking old man? You know, it's uh, Grandpa Simpson was once in the fight in Hellfish. You that know? is true. Like, that is true. But like, it's like 
old man yells at cloud it's yeah it's but Blair. old man loses all talent <laughs> like <laughs> it doesn't make any sense like i haven't seen anything from rick flair after like 40 years old that isn't him just absolutely going ape shit screaming nonsense and he was like good on the mic back in the day like like the rock is 10 years older than 40 years old right the rock's like 50 yeah. now right you think if we gave him a microphone, he'd just be screaming unintelligibly? Uh, no, I think what I think probably happened is Flair used to have some like slick lines that he would think of, you know, yeah. the, the my my shoes cost more than your house kind of yeah. shit. And then that just fed into an overabundance of confidence. Like you just give Ric Flair the mic and he'll just go do it for you. <laughs> And he's out here. I thought, like, uh, this is where we differ. I thought he cut a pretty good promo. If not, it's very screamy, which I know is a problem for you. It's a sensory sensory issue. Yeah, I have autism. I can't deal with the sounds. He he does, like, he he runs down, like, Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk, Dusty Rose, all these classic NWA wrestlers. And he's like, does Vince hold their, uh, their legacy in his hands? Yes, Rick, he does. He owns he owns the library. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's true. He certainly uh, does. And he says, you know, uh while Vince was trying to be an announcer in 1981, Vince Sr. was voting Rick Flair the world champion. And so he's basically just talking shit to Vince. And and just wiping uh, his ass with kayfabe, by the way. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh then the jacket comes off. And that's when it gets to real uh, crazy screamy time where he's like, you know, they can't control me. They can't control the people, the other wrestlers. They can't whatever. And I was like, uh, Ric Flair doesn't understand how contracts work because that's exactly. He's like, like, shit, even I can't control me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say, I don't remember taking my jacket off. You're going to hear some stuff about a plane ride pretty soon. (laughs) So he (laughs) challenges Sting, who he dubs his greatest opponent to a match tonight on the final nitro and there's a sign in the corner it was ricky the dragon steamboat no way it was alcoholism oh there it is (laughs) yep uh his greatest battle of all was toxic masculinity (laughs) (laughs) what rick flair had to battle was that one Uh, big snaggle tooth (laughs) yeah there's a vince is satan sign in the crowd which i liked there's some good signs. There's some good There's, signs in the crowd. There's one guy that has a sign that just says 4% body fat. <laughs> yeah, and an arrow a, pointing down at him. There's a Vince first the XFL, now WCW, <laughs> you're a dumbass yeah, sign. Yeah, I love that line too. That's like. a good sign. Uh, we get a Macho Man, Randy Savage, Slim Jim commercial. And uh, I just want to let you know, Andrew, that both... The 1-800-COLLECT and America Online version 6.0. They're both there in 2001. They're both here now, you know? It's been so long since I've heard of 1-800-COLLECT. <laughs> that there used to be a, every wrestling show, 90% of the ads were for 1-800-COLLECT. Uh, and AOL 6.0, you just go to your, uh, just go to the post office, grab the CD. You're on the World Wide Web, baby. Was it free at the post office? Yeah. It was a free trial, and so, mm, mm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I I never paid for AOL because what they would do is you know you get the ninety day free trial and then they charge you, and I would always write down 
when the 90 day free trial was up and then I would call them and be like, Hey, I have to cancel this. And they would be like, uh, why? Because I'm, you know, I don't want to pay for it. It'd be like, what if we gave you three more months for free? <laughs> Great. Sounds like you could, you retained a customer. <laughs> they're, they're banking on you for getting, but they don't know. They haven't met dusty. They don't know what I'm up to, which is Dude, I really never, like... never letting a credit card charge get to my mom's account. <laughs> I, I realized like, like a month ago how many things that I had subscribed to, uh, gotten the free trial and then forgotten to cancel. Uh, I was paying four bucks a month for Ken Burns documentaries. <laughs> I was I was paying. Uh, I had Showtime. I had Cinemax. I had uh, I had everything, man. I was paying for it all, not using any of it. You don't even like movies. So no. Have, yeah. But I had access to every single goddamn one ever made. Every, every one that you would want. And I uh, just wanted to watch the Civil War. Yeah. I just wanted to hear some stories about Hornus Wagner, you know? Yeah. Uh, so we get Scott Steiner versus Booker T in a title unification match. This is our opening match. Booker T is the U.S. champion. Scott Steiner is the world heavyweight champion. Uh, and these two guys had feuded all through the year 2000 and had good chemistry. Um, this match is very short. It's only five minutes, but I think you could tell that these two knew each other pretty well and had like, they had their stock match together for what they would do. Yeah, it's good, man. They're, I mean, they're, they're both, they're both good workers. I, 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 I just obligatory. I, I missed the fucking Steiner brothers. God yeah. damn it. That's, this is what we get. You know what I mean? It's yeah. this freak. Uh, Scott Steiner. <laughs> Could not have any more muscles. Like I could, I couldn't imagine one more muscle uh, I, on his I body. I can't believe he's point. alive, but um, I'm happy he is. Yeah, you never know took I mean? steroids, dude. Prove it. <laughs> I know he's all, all natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rick Flair. Rick Flair never did cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Prove Booker, it. Booker T won this via the rock bottom. Um, do you think did he keep that finisher when he went to WWF? I, I assume he went to WWF, right? Like uh, yes, he does him right go out. to WWF, and it is TBD, my man. I'm not going to tell you what oh, happened. Oh, yeah, good point. I'm going to ask <laughs> yeah. you a bunch of questions. Don't answer them if 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 there's a problem. Uh, uh, but yeah, he won this via rock bottom. Yeah, I don't like that because <laughs> they were trying to make him like dollar store rock at this point because he would wear like the same shirts as the Rock, those like flashy like uh ed hardy sort of uh like button ups mm-hmm. and he started using the he would call it the bookend but it is the rock bottom it is the rock bottom <laughs> yeah uh and he started using the catchphrase don't hate the player hate the game as his uh like do you smell what the rock is cooking mm-hmm. sort of line uh, so as Andrew said, Booker T reverses a tiger bomb into a bookend to win and unify the titles uh, in five minutes and 11 seconds, Booker T is the last canonical WCW champion that doesn't have any WWF influence in the booking. Hell yeah, and... Booker T. Great. He's one T of the rules. good ones. Yeah. I like Booker uh, T. Uh, Imagine if think... Scott Steiner was the last one. Yeah. That's yeah. a, a tougher legacy to try yeah. to uphold. Um Part of why WCW uh, went out of business that I will always hold to, no one can convince me any different, they used to pay Headbangers Ball alum Ricky Rackman to do <laughs> on-camera, like... Uh, That's who that location. is! 
That's Ricky Rackman, dude. I was like, who is that? Okay. Yep. Headbangers Ball. I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's just doing spring break stuff. 2001 spring break stuff. Things that you couldn't pay me. Like, I, there's no way I would want to go to any of these things. No, but like, is there a better 2000, early 2000s job than the the skater boy that they pay to go to the spring break things and report back from? Like, yeah. you know, listen, man, like... <laughs> Like the third opportunities. Generation. Sure. The the third generation Polly Shore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was everywhere in the early 2000s. And just yeah. the select few guys that got to do that, probably had a pretty good time. Yeah. People were just discovering Fireball as a drink. It's a whole, it's a whole vibe. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jaeger bombs fun. galore. Yeah. Uh, Disco Inferno certainly seems to be having a good time uh, in those clips. So good a time. Yeah. <laughs> He's not on this show. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't be bothered to wrestle on the wrestling show. Who cares? You he's know what at I mean? the beach, yeah. He knows how it works. Uh, we go Same thing back with DDP. to... DDP. <laughs> DDP's on location, on vacation. Yeah. Paige Falkenberg, you mean? Yeah. Uh, so we go backstage to Vince because uh, they intercut between Raw and Nitro. And Vince is on the phone and he says... Uh, is there anything more indicative of WCW than deciding to have their final show at some redneck bar in the panhandle? Yep. <laughs> Which it's, is uh, just, just so good. He's very good. Um, it's just so good. It, it, I'm just, the, I, this is what Commissioner Idell would have done. This is what Commissioner <laughs> Idell's going to do when uh, the Idell Wrestling Federation buys Godwin Championship uh, Wrestling. What is it? Godwin God. Championship Wrestling Federation. No, no, that it, it's I. That, it's, yeah, the, G, the GCWF. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. never mind. I thought it was GCCF for some reason. Uh, no. But uh, yeah, when 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 Commissioner Idell buys your wrestling organization, <laughs> oh, it's going to be a whole victory lap show. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the 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 um, the champ by the end of the show. I'm going to I'm going to beat I'm going to beat your champion clean. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna beat the rattlesnake. Good luck. I'm gonna beat the rattlesnake clean. Listen, yeah. I pay I pay his bills. You know That's what I mean? True. We held a vote. Vince McMahon Senior was there. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have to buy it from my new my uh, majority owner, our friend on oh, Twitter. Yeah, bought, yeah, yeah. TS bought it. I forgot. Yeah. Listen, T, uh, TS drives a hard bargain, but I think I think I'd be able to talk her into it. It's gonna be tough. Just think of the storylines, uh, man. Think of the heat. <laughs> uh, so the next match is the Young Dragons of uh, Cash Hayashi and Jimmy Yang. I don't versus, care who the Young Dragons are. <laughs> versus Three Count, Shannon Moore, and Evan Courageous. And uh, versus Rey Mysterio Jr. and Kidman. And this is a qualifying match for the Cruiserweight Tag Team titles later that will be defended later on tonight. This is an unra- unmasked Rey Mysterio yeah. with horns <laughs> attached and, to his and, head. And Jinko jeans. And Jinko jeans. What the fuck is up with those horns? <laughs> um, they were part of a faction called the Filthy Animals. Fuck. And I, be- <laughs> I believe that that has something to do with it. Um, okay, all right. Well, I'll make it. Uh, I'll, I'll allow that to make sense. But like... Ju- Put your fucking mask back on, bro. They had him lose the mask. You know, I, who's, ha- I uh, hate Eric Bischoff. <laughs> I hate Eric Bischoff. Bischoff. <laughs> he fucking sucks. I'm glad he wasn't there. I'm glad he watched this from home. I'm glad he didn't get a dime from that sale. 
I hope he didn't get a dime from that. So he might have been a stakeholder. Huh? Yeah. Um, Fuck him. <laughs> you know why he did that? Because Ray's a good looking guy. And, uh, you know, people can't connect. Guy he is mask. a good looking guy. But it's a, he's, it's a better looking mask. It's a dope ass mask that he's got going. Dude, people, people couldn't. People don't give a fuck about a mask. Dude. Yeah, I guess can... if if I talked to, if I said that to Eric Bischoff, he's gonna be like, "I've been in the business a few years, pal." You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you're uh, gonna, you're fucking right out of the business in a few years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Son um, of a bitch. Uh, this is one of the high points of WCW in the year 2001. Is they were like, okay, the one thing we can do is we can sign uh, cruiserweight wrestlers and give them time on television to do their stuff like AJ Styles, young AJ Styles is in, involved here. Uh, Christopher Daniels is on a few of these shows um, and they have decent cruiserweight wrestling. It's just nobody cares. If you have a good cruiserweight match on WCW Nitro and no one watches it, does that match exist? Doesn't exist. It's a, the, the classic tree falls in a forest match. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Ray did some dope shit here. Yeah. Um, the, he ends it with a with a springboard leg drop um, that all, he almost falls on, but he's Rey Mysterio and he has the greatest balance of all time. Yeah. Because, um, like, he hits it and then he's like, and then he jumps fine, like, <laughs> yeah. completely fine. It was beautiful. Um, yeah, every, everybody gets a second. You know, Kidman does a shooting star press to the floor. Jimmy Yang hits a twisting moonsault. Evan Courageous does a 450 splash. Uh, everybody gets a couple of minutes, but... Ultimately, uh, Rey Mysterio and Kidman win in three minutes and 38 seconds, and they will go on to wrestle for the Cruiserweight tag titles later on tonight. What's up with this Yang and Courageous? What's going on with those guys? Uh, So, three count is sort of a uh, Backstreet Boys, like, clone. I'm glad you said that. Their fucking song when they came out was like... (laughs) And they had They're Shane Helms in their, in their group for a while. And Tank Abbott was like their fanboy. They finally figured out what to do with Tank. He loved Three Count. And that was like <laughs> the best use of Tank Abbott. Okay, okay. I think that's funny. Yeah. Uh, the I young hope Dra- I don't find out that was Bischoff's idea. Uh, the Young Dragons were just like a good cruiserweight tag team. Um, Jimmy Yang ends up in the WWE for a few years after this. Uh, Evan Courageous, not a very good wrestler, does not go to WWE. Uh, uh, both both uh, Shannon Moore and Kidman come over in the initial WCW invasion. Rey Mysterio, not involved in the invasion. Sorry, buddy. Very interesting. Does he go back to Mexico to wrestle? Yeah. Um, he wrestles, I believe, independently um, for a while and because they had to convince Vince McMahon that Rey Mysterio was worth signing because he also doesn't understand the appeal of uh, the greatest luchador of all time in a mask. I know. But ultimately, they win, and he comes in in the year 2002 and is young Andrew Idell's favorite wrestler. Uh, oh, God damn in, it. Back in his mask. Who so is that? Jumping out the sky? Way. Yeah. Holy shit. He is the best. Uh, Vince, Vince is on the phone, and Trish Stratus comes in with some champagne. Uh, she, they make out weirdly on the couch, and then the champagne cork pops. Uh, which, you know, comedy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's as if he ejaculated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought champagne, champagne corks popping funny. Yeah. Big hat, you know? Big hat, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not supposed to pop like that. It's funny. Right. 
they they do a little video on Shane Helms because they had really been trying to build him up. Um, like he got a big push towards the end of WCW, and he gets some dancers because that's how they help put people over. Because Eric them... Bischoff said two ideas in his life. Yep. NWO um, dancers. He is wrestling Chavo Guerrero for the cruiserweight title, and uh, Shane Helms has some pretty cool offense. Like everything has a name. There's the sugar smack for a super kick, and there's like some kind of swinging neckbreaker movie does that has uh, a punny name also. Uh, and he has the coolest finisher in wrestling at the time, the vertebreaker, which he uses to defeat Chavo Guerrero at four minutes and 39 seconds. Speaking of vertebreaker, yeah. uh, we're praying for you, Big E. We love you very much. Shout out to Big E. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that he seems to be doing as well as he is, considering that looked brutal. Yeah, it was uh, tough. Yeah. You know how dead I'd be if that happened to me? I got no oh, neck dude. muscles. <laughs> He's That's like the the thickness of Biggie's neck literally saved his life. Oh, yeah. Like, he's yeah. Uh, or at least, strong. Or at least his ability to walk. You know what I mean? Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, we, we love you, Biggie. He's, I love Biggie. He's the shit. And uh, it, it sucked to open Twitter last night and found... Or was it last night or two nights? It was last night. Uh, last night, yeah. And find out that... Uh, sorry, I drank last night. And find out that he had been injured. Um, so yeah, I'm glad he's doing okay, considering. Uh, but the vertebraker is a sick-ass finishing move. And it yeah. looks brutal as fuck. And it's one of those, hey, you better know how to take this finisher. <laughs> yeah, I've never been able to quite figure out how you're supposed to know when he's dropping down so that you can do the sit-up so you don't land on your head. I'm sure there's something, uh, some kind of cue that he gives. He goes, ah! <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> ready now. Uh <laughs> Because I've also seen it where there's like a dude gets in the vertebraker position and he just does the sit up the whole time. Like he's like, I'm not letting you. That's what I do. Me. Fuck that. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to make this a timing play. We're getting rid of all these variables. I'm just going to yeah. sit up. You drop when you want. I'll be chilling here. I'm taking the pin from the sugar smack if it's up to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you don't want to you don't want to overexpose the vertebraker, dude. You don't want to be doing it all were, the time. Probably you were supposed to kick out. I was. <laughs> oh, man. I Fuck. forgot. Next time, oh, man. No. Um, I thought Chavo looked pretty good here, too, but it's like this was uh, for Shane Helms. And again, they're only getting four minutes, so there's not really much for him to do in the first place. And then he, got, uh, he goes to WWF and becomes the Hurricane. <laughs> yep. And they change his name because Vince doesn't want him to get confused with Shane McMahon. Can't have two Shanes. Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> You're uh, R Rob Helms. <laughs> they changed his name to Gregory. No one's name. No one's cool name. You're Gregory Helms. Oh man, just uh, everything I hear about Vince McMahon's funny. Yeah, everything. Like Even the bad stuff is funny. <laughs> he hates sneezing. He doesn't know what a burrito is. <laughs> he thinks people will get confused if two wrestlers have the same first name. <laughs> Like, you could confuse Shane Helms and Shane McMahon at all. Uh, hold on. Put them side by side. Maybe Vince suffers from face blindness, and he's just like, the only way he knows who anyone is is their name. He's He has that rare condition where you can only remember one person by each name. So, like, yeah. he only knows one John. Like, yeah. if, he, if he meets a new John, he forgets the other John. 
Yeah. <laughs> they have, they all have to line up. Yeah. John Cena, John Morris, and all those dudes. And he just remembers the the very last guy. The very last guy. That's all he remembers. Uh, we go backstage to Booker T, who cuts a promo saying he's the best, and that this isn't the end of a chapter, or that this is the end of a chapter, but not the end of the book. Uh, both the Fucking book and a. the Booker. Yeah, it's in his name. Uh, he's, he said, "I'm the best in this bitchness," <laughs> instead of business. <laughs> Well, he's also coming for Hulk Hogan. You know, he's he's known when he gets excited to say some things that he didn't <laughs> I know, mean to. That is true. Um, that is true. Also, don't hate the player, hate the game. Andrew, take that to heart. That's right. Triple H, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, later on, he will hate the game. Uh, there's some <laughs> Booker T, Triple H bullshit happening. Um, <laughs> We get Sean against. O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo Two, like, uh, of the Landstorm and Mike their Austin, stable name, the, the Natural Born Thrillers, Doug. Uh, oh, man. Foundation. Yeah. He made Thriller. Um, uh, take it on. The, Canadian, you guys are uh, shut the, the Team Canada and the Canadian of National Landstorm gimmick, and Mike which Austin. Which I can't tell so is all. If, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo were part like of this group with good, like, a bunch of the other guys But I also feel like they blatantly stole it from the Heart Foundation. But the Heart Foundation probably stole it from somebody else. Like I doubt they were the first people to do it, right? Yeah, I think it's always foreign heat. Like, forces you to listen to their national anthem is good heat. God, like, I love that bit. I love it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, and a lot of it is like Lance Storm, who is uh, my close personal friend on Twitter. That is true. Also, uh, Sneaky Funny on Twitter, but he's a very serious looking man. So he has like, his whole bit is he takes the mic and he goes, can I be serious for a minute? Yeah. Uh, and then introduces himself. And plays Canadian national anthem, but then they go to commercial break. And when we come back, uh, Vince is still with Trish, and Michael Cole is asking about the job security for the WCW wrestlers. Intrepid reporter that he is, and Vince just starts questioning him about his job security. How secure do you feel in your job right now? And uh, you little bitch. Uh, that, yeah. And that, that's uh, one thing I did notice was it's 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 like a good. Um, Good fortune for the WWF that Michael Cole just so happened to be wearing a uh, WrestleMania X7 jersey. Oh yeah, because they're they want to be subtle. Yeah, with the promotion, you know, you don't mm-hmm. want to overstate it. But I also think it's funny that it's part of it's another part of Vince's victory lap. <laughs> right. Is the last nitro was just a commercial for wrestlemania yeah you're going out of business i'm about to make the biggest wrestlemania of all time and i'm gonna do it Uh, off your ass yeah um so sean o'hare i sean o'hare had a lot of potential he just couldn't talk like Uh, later later in wwe they give him like a what's a pretty cool gimmick uh called the devil's advocate where he's basically like this atheist guy (laughs) uh it's good. The promos were good. This, this I know, but this pseudo clever wordplay that happens in wrestling, where they're yeah. like, "Oh, dude, I'm the devil's advocate, bro." You know that phrase? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm the personification I, of that phrase, bro. Yeah. I'm the straight up devil, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know I if might, you know. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a wrestler called the Contrarian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, actually, and then that's your yeah. Your everybody's always up. wrong. <laughs> if you think uh, about it, Hendrix kind of sucked. <laughs> uh, Landstorm uh, hits a cool-looking super kick in this match. That's about it. And then Chuck Palumbo hits a uh, decent-looking super kick that was called the Jungle Kick 
for some reason. And uh, Sean O'Hare hits a swanton bomb, which was impressive for them to get the win at 3 minutes and 21 seconds. That was a good swanton bomb, and I was surprised that they won. Uh, All four of these guys make it to WWE in the invasion. I don't know if you're catching a particular theme about who's coming over for the WCW group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, next, we have Sean Stasiak versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And if Bam Bam Bigelow wins, Sean Stasiak has to get a tattoo. Yeah, and this is a this is a big who the fuck did you think was going to win this match? Because uh, the guy with a bunch of tattoos always loses the tattoo match. Yeah. Well, also, like, they're not going to do a live tattoo on Nitro. We both have tattoos. Even a small tattoo takes some time. And I'm going them. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to let Bam Bam Bigelow give me a tattoo. Yeah, that would have been a problem. Yeah. That would have been a problem. Uh, so, uh, Stacy Keebler comes out, which I know, big mm. win for you. Um, Sup, Stace? So, and they ask if she, wa- uh, she asks if people want to see her dance. And all the drunk people, obviously, want to see her dance, but she's not going to do it. And she suddenly becomes the biggest heel in the entire company. She's no Sonny, bro. She's just yeah. not, she's not going to, she's not going to, uh, She's not. She's no sellout. Yeah, uh, Scott Steiner, not the biggest heel of the promotion. Stacy nope. Keebler. Uh, she's wearing she, some big heels too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. They. She introduces Sean Stasiak as the Mecca of manhood, uh, and then they don't actually kiss. I noticed that when I was watching it. They they almost kiss, but then she like pulls away at the last second. Like, no, nah, I don't think she was Sean Stasiak. Uh, not, Were, not did they you, ever date? She dated like a bunch of people. I don't think so. Uh, Bam Bam I runs out with his, with his tattoo kit. This match is nothing uh, because his the greetings from Asbury Park by Bam Bam gets reversed into a neck breaker for the win by Sean Stasiak in one minute and 23 seconds. And so no drunken tattoo. <laughs> the one drunken tattoo is saved during the spring break. Uh, oh yeah there definitely was a drunken tattoo in that panhandle bam bam bigelow probably got one but uh from i haven't looked at his tattoos like specific like in detail but it seems like he was covered in really fucking bad tattoos he's got flames on his head dude but don't call him a flame head doesn't it (laughs) andy milanakis intro (laughs) i don't know but i imagine yeah like because dudes getting tattoos back then, like, they weren't going for the artistic merit of uh, tattoos, you know? Like, yeah. And I'm going to get the lyrics to Bob Seger's Turn the Page on my arm <laughs> because I identify with it. Fucking hey, dude. When you when you smoke the day's last cigarette. Yeah. Uh, he's got, a, like, an American traditional eagle on his forearm that I can't get a good picture of. Oh, dude. He's got a sucky panther. If you guys ever, uh, anybody listening here, I think, let me make sure that this is the correct Google search. And porn isn't going to pop up. Yeah, Google Sucky Panther. And it's a, it's a bad tattoo somebody did of a panther that people now get good tattoos of. And Bam Bam Bigelow looks like he had an accidental Sucky Panther on his arm. Anyway. Look up, look up the Sucky Panther, and then look up Big Bam Bam Bigelow's right arm. <laughs> <laughs> Just the right arm. Google the right arm of Big Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, I don't know what to think about Bam Bam Bigelow. How'd you feel about him? 
I love Bam Bam Bigelow. All right. Um, he was very good. He main evented WrestleMania against Lawrence Taylor. Uh, so he's got that going for him. It's a pretty flaccid main event of WrestleMania, don't you think? Yeah, WrestleMania 11 is a tough one. But yeah. uh, he's he was very good uh, in the 80s. He's an agile big guy. He's one of the first guys I saw who was his size doing a moonsault uh, off the top rope. Had a pretty good heel run in WCW in like the early 90s. But he does not go to WCW for the invasion. Uh, Sean Stasiak... Or, I'm sorry, WWF for the invasion. Sean Stasiak does go to WWF. Okay. So, so uh, after that, we go backstage to Mr. McMahon with William Regal. William Regal, luckily, also wearing a WrestleMania X7 jersey. It's crazy how fortunate they got. They got such good free advertising, um, just organically, you know? Yeah. You know, some some boys are born made to wave the flag, you know? That is true. Uh, so, uh, Regal says, are you sure that you want to buy WCW? I used to work there. It's a bloody awful place to be. And, tis tis uh, a silly place. Yeah. On second thought, let's not go. Uh, so, Vince reassures him that he's got it. And then they go back to... Uh, WCW, but it's DDP, like Andrew said, uh, on vi- on location, on vacation, <laughs> uh, cutting a promo about what a long, strange trip it's been for him, and uh, saying that like the bookers don't get people over, it's the fans that get people over, and they let Paige Falkenberg, uh, real life name of Time and Dallas yeah. Page, uh, get over. I can't him. believe his career wasn't over whenever once everybody found out his name was Paige Falkenberg. <laughs> Dude, the first time that I found out that Shawn Michaels' name was Michael Sean Hickenbottom, <laughs> yeah. I was, my life was ruined. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. The Rock's name is Dwayne? <laughs> um, and, you know, he says, like, this might be the end or it might not, but, you know, who knows? And then it turns out that it's not, and he ends up going to WWE. So, uh, that... <clears throat> I mean, a, who's better at WCW? Then, in what we've watched, who's better than w- than Diamond Dallas Page? Yeah, it's tough given what we've watched. Given um, what we've watched over the years, you you go to your flares, you go to all those other guys and Sting. Um, but yeah. in what we've watched, it's like Diamond Dallas Page has been the guy, like their best guy overall in terms of promo in terms of storylines even though some of his storylines i do think were 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 almost handled properly but yeah. we're still fumbled you know what i mean um just wait till weird, you man. find out what they do to him or the wwe dude and uh, this is gonna this is gonna be funny and just watching just watch and this is what i'm guessing okay uh-huh uh well do you want to do what i think is gonna happen at the end of this podcast you want me to do it right now no let's do it at the end okay let's okay. get through the re- through the review but um, they do a video on all the WCW title holders. Uh, shout outs to future WWF Hall of Famer Vader for being in this video. Hell uh, yeah. Holler uh, to Vader. There was one like bizarre looking guy and it wasn't the British Bulldog, but it was, uh, he had very, <laughs> very straight blonde hair. And he looked like he was like 45. He was like towards the end. It looked like they snuck in like a comedy character. <laughs> I wish did, he have a, did he have a flat top? No, it was just, I think it was just, I don't know. I don't think so. 
because there's Ronnie Garvin, who might be who you're thinking of, uh, or it could have been Barry Windham with one of his many Barry Windham haircuts. Uh, so, because he was in WA champion. Okay, so it looks uh, Ronnie Garvin looks like my guy, but but uh, my guy had long blonde hair. Okay. It was like and long straight blonde hair. That is probably Barry Windham. So look up that's, like that, Barry that, Windham. That's the Fiend's dad. Yeah, look up Barry Windham, nineteen ninety one. No, uh, Barry, the Fiend's dad is uh, Mike Rotunda, the IRS. Oh yeah, he's just named. Yeah. Oh, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The IRS. He's the IRS. Uh, now involved in Idell Wrestling Federation. That's, yeah, that's right. He's your he's your accountant. It might have been Mike Rotunda. It was just a really weird picture of him because this guy's hair even has a little bit more life. Than the guy that I saw, I'll, I'll I'll try to I'll maybe I'll go back and take a picture. Yeah, I mean, not Mike Rotunda, Barry Windham. I mean, yeah, um, that's a Blackjack Windham, dude, or the Stalker, depending on we've seen him wrestle twice. <laughs> so. Fuck yeah, the Stalker. <laughs> uh, so Vince is on the phone again, and he says it's just about that time. So he starts walking down the aisleway, and before that, we get Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio taking on Elix Skipper and his partner Kid Romeo. What is uh, his name? Uh, which guy? Elix Skipper? Elix. Like Elixir. E-L-I-X. Oh. I don't know that it's supposed to be short for Elixir, but it's... Uh, Elix. That's the, it's just a weird-ass name. Elix yeah. Skipper? Yeah. Who the fuck? This is a... It's like... He looks like a, he looks like a Wayans brother. He does kind of have a wind. No, way. he was he went on as something else though. Elix Skipper's his name, but they called him something else in this. No, his partner is named Kid Romeo. Oh no, it's a different guy. Never mind, I'm wrong. Yeah. No, he's prime time. He was prime time in this. Prime time, Elix Skipper. Like, oh, did they call him that? Because yeah, on, on the his name. when they did the the uh, the banner on the bottom, yeah. they called uh, him prime time. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> prime time. Uh, Elix, so, and that's his fucking real name, Elix Skipper. Yeah. God the, damn! Again, so he uh, should have done. He should have done uh, like a uh, a double power bomb. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you power bomb him, pick him up, power bomb him again, and call it the double Elix. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you were gonna say that. Uh, do a double power bomb and call it the skip to my Lou. Fuck know? yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> or the skipper uh, tripper, bro. So, uh, WCW had just recently introduced these cruiserweight tag titles, which are a good idea for WCW since they have so many cruiserweight wrestlers. It's a good way to get a lot of guys on a show to have some fun matches. But there's only two champions in the history of this. Uh, Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo won the initial tournament, and Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman beat them for those titles tonight. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> so short-lived. Uh, yeah. Um now I I am supposed to be the wrestling expert on this particular podcast. And uh a lot of these guys go their separate ways, uh, do a lot of different things in wrestling after WCW shuts down, and I kind of have a general idea of where most of these guys end up. Elix Skipper goes to TNA wrestling once that's founded. Um, I have no idea who Kid Romeo is. I have no idea whatever happened to Kid Romeo. Uh, he does not exist to me. Well, he's still alive. Good for him. Uh, he, uh, he went, he looks like he went to the Indies. Okay. He, he went to Puerto Rico to wrestle 
and then he did some appearances in TNA. Oh, um, it must have been real early TNA where I did not watch it. So. He made his debut there on uh, July 10th, 2002 in a six-way elimination tag match that included Tony Mamaluke, one of the Mamalukes, uh, yep. <laughs> Chris, Chris Daniels, uh, Elix Skipper, uh, Jerry Lynn, and Lokai. Uh, uh, Loki. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Don't spell it like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, he was he was eliminated after Low Key forced him to submit. Uh, and then uh, he returned to TNA for the final time in 2005. In 2008, we're going to go through this whole thing. He okay. uh, he joined NWA South Atlantic. Uh, oh, NWA South Atlantic. Yeah, that I was one. watching North Atlantic. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the one I missed. He teamed with Benny Blanco. As the Casanova Cartel. I like that. I like that. <laughs> okay. yeah, they might be popping up <laughs> the Idel Wrestling yeah. Federation. Yeah. They defeated Manson and Black Knight uh, for the, to win the Territories t- Tag Team Championship. Okay. And then uh, the Cartel would go on to hold the title for over six months before being defeated by the SWAT Patrol on November 15th. <laughs> that was the actual SWAT Patrol. They, they, raided, right, yeah. they raided the NWA <laughs> South Atlantic show. Yeah. Turns out uh, they were more than a Casanova cartel. You know what yeah, I mean? That's, that's the entire, that's, that's his whole Wikipedia. Trained there. by Paul Orndorff. Okay. Uh, he was fine in this match. Uh, this match also, it just features everybody trying to do their best spots because uh, they only have four minutes and 43 seconds. Um, Kid Romeo does have a very 2001 vibe, though. He's got the barbed wire tattoo around the arm. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 That was a rite of passage. Uh Ray hits a big seated Centon. Uh and then a Bronco Buster. How do you feel about Ray using the Bronco Buster? He doesn't need it. Like you yeah. don't he's got so many other things to do and then you make him do the Bronco Buster. Like I just don't I well you don't make him. I'm sure he was like, Hey, I can do the Bronco Buster, but uh yeah, I'm not I don't I don't get it. How do you feel uh, about it? I I think it's supposed to be like because that's a big WWE spot for X Pac at this point. It's so I think they're like, who's our guy who could do it? They just and bit. Like, they just bit fucking everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know he's in the filthy animals, dog. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's, yeah. it's such a filthy animal move. But like, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, I'm putting my dick in your face a bunch, yeah. bro. Uh, <laughs> by the way, you always know this was something I learned about uh, about Ray Ray. Uh, you always know he's not going to do the six one nine if he does the thing where he redirects with that spin spin thing. Yeah. Um, um, well, he uh, the six one nine was introduced in WWE, from what I. Well, oh I yeah, know. you're you're right. But even later yeah. in his career, like. Oh right. If he's not going to hit the six one nine, and he hit the six one nine in like every match. But if yeah. he didn't hit the six one nine, he did the thing where you throw him at the ropes and he redirects with the six one nine, just so you could see him do the spinny thing, which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, because that's because it's sick. That's why he, that's why he worked it into a move. It yeah. really is. It's dope. Yeah. Uh, Kidman hits the Kid Crusher, also known as the Unprettier uh, Christian's move, uh, for the win. They win the tag titles. Four minutes forty three seconds. Uh, we go to Sting, who's in a room full of bats, uh, literal uh, baseball, baseball bats. bats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not like the place that we apparently play music, where there's a bat. <laughs> yeah, Goddamn there's a, bat! There's a bat in the room. It's, it's a, it's for ambiance, bro. Get over it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like just, that. Was it Sting? Was it Sting or was it Jerry that tied all those uh, 
title was Bats to the Ceiling. <laughs> Maybe they saying, did it like as like a, a last bonding experience for the two of them, you know? Yeah, we've been sure been through a lot, Stinger, haven't we? Yeah, you're right, Jerry. Anyway, who knows your, what the future holds? Let's just your, uh, <laughs> let's just stand here and enjoy. All we're all we're promised, Jerry. You know, is this this moment right here. Anyway, Jerry, how's your wife? Uh, she uh. We talked about this a while ago. She died uh, right before that uh, Vampiro match. <laughs> Perhaps you remember the Vampiro. Wait. Wait, didn't you didn't you tie the big bag of blood uh, that fell on me? Listen, Jerry, I was just... I mean, listen, Sting, Stinger. Uh, Steve, can I call you Steve? Steve. <laughs> I, I was just doing my job, you know? <laughs> Look, sometimes you got to hang bats in a tent. Sometimes you got to set up a big bag of blood, you know? Despite all my rage. Yeah. (laughs) I'm still just a bat in a cage. Uh, I'm just hanging a bunch of bats in a tent. (laughs) So That's uh, not what the song says, Jerry. (laughs) Sting's giving off like real manic energy in this promo. Well, I was Uh, wondering, is this a new gimmick, Sting? Like, is this like a new wrinkle on his gimmick? Like Seth Rollins is crazy now? (laughs) uh, It's kind of, yeah, like, I don't... So, the Sting... The Sting path is very strange uh, because there's not talking crow Sting. It all goes back to Starcade because once Starcade happens, what do you do with him? (laughs) Well, so, uh, there's the... There's no talking... Emo sting, no tan ass. <laughs> that hasn't been working on his arms. Sting. Uh, then in May of 1998, inexplicably, he joins the W the NWO Wolf Pack with Kevin Nash and Randy Savage and Conan. Uh, I'm so fucking glad this company failed. <laughs> as does Lex Luger. Who some would argue was the biggest foil for the NWO. Well, that was the thing. Like, I can't believe the put all of our people who are worth a shit on one team. Yeah. <laughs> to take on Hulk Hogan's NWO. So they're, they're like, okay, I guess the whole time Hulk Hogan was really the guy being a dick. You guys are the cool uh, invaders that tried to beat me up all the time. So that's red and black face paint sting. Wearing like Jinko jeans and uh, <laughs> like doing the two sweet <laughs> sign and all this. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's not great. Um, <laughs> then he gets quote unquote injured by Bret Hart in a match uh, and is put on the shelf for a while. Um, and then he comes back and does all the 2000 with vampiro big blood big bag of blood uh sting where he's in the black and white face paint again and so i think this is just that like he was like how do i cut promos i can only cut promos as surfer sting i don't know what emo sting sounds like so emo sting doesn't talk but uh, the emo face paint uh the crow face paint has done a lot for my career it's pretty iconic looks pretty cool and i don't have to think of new designs to paint my face every week so it's kind of a melding of the two things, you know? I can see that, yeah, for sure. I'm looking at pictures right now of him in the wolf pack doing the two sweet hand sign, and it breaks my goddamn heart. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's rough. It's just so funny that that's how it ended up. Be- like, like the, the joke while watching that would have been like, oh, they're probably going to even make Sting join the NWO eventually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And then we get uh, so Sting hits his his promo line, his ending line, which is "It's showtime, folks," which is still the one he uses now, uh, which is fine. It's a fine line. The way he delivered it, I'm surprised he didn't go do the the <laughs> with the <laughs> uh, the take off the hat by yeah. Jerron White. <laughs> it's showtime, <Okay>. folks. <laughs> yeah, fucking bagal. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, then we get more spring break, and Andrew. There has never been a better time to sign up for AOL. Never. That is true. It was the last good time as well. Yeah. Uh, thanks. We're riding high. Things will never. Things will never be bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> that was. Yeah. That's the thing. Because every time I watch of uh, um, any type of media that's in pre-September 2001, yeah. I'm like, these motherfuckers have no. <laughs> idea what's about to happen yep. and Everything. and how good they have it and now, it's just all downhill for the next fucking yep. 20 years after this everything's great unbridled optimism <laughs> it'll never be better who could have foreseen uh, so we get vince doing his 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 strut rock walk to the ring and then we get rick flair versus sting the final wcw nitro match which i believe mirrors the main event of the original nitro sting versus flair open the or close the original nitro they close the last nitro oh really which is which is kind of cool yeah yeah uh rick flair wears a a t-shirt to the ring as he has often said at this point he was not feeling particularly um confident in his in the way that he looked and uh in his skills and so he is embarrassed now to go back and look at it, but he's wearing a shirt in the ring and these guys just run basically a shorter version of their greatest hits. Um, Flair opens the, opens the match and he can't get an advantage on sting. He's just bouncing everywhere for him. Sting is selling for sting and then cut sting off, throws a bunch of chops and then sting at a certain point will just decide like these chops do not hurt me anymore. Yeah. He, like uh the hulk's up for lack of a better word but like stingers up i guess yeah uh and then he puts uh hits flare with the uh, stinger splash and puts him in the scorpion deathlock in seven minutes and 17 seconds and that is the final wcw nitro match it was the first uh, time i ever saw flare fuck up a flare bump yeah i think he's it's probably a rough day it's you know. still, well, and it still looked dope. Like it's, yeah. it looked, it looked cool. It just we know what his goal is: is to end up on the apron outside the ring, or or on the ground outside the ring. And he stayed yeah. in the ring, but um, he did do the uh, take a couple steps and fall flat on his face bit, which I yeah. love. That's um, always gonna be. Oh, the main event of the first Nitro was Hulk Hogan versus beating Big Bubba Rogers to retain the WCW title. But Flair did wrestle Sting on that show. It was a co-main event. Is Big Bubba Rogers a uh, Ray Trailer? Big Boss Man. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Miss uh, you. Miss you, Big Boss Man. So I never they, thought I'd like Big Boss Man as much as I do. Yeah, was, he's just a fun guy. That story of him talking to the Undertaker missing his cue. That's oh the, man, it's the, the funniest thing in the world. I think that's what put him over for me. Yeah. And the and the the hand the hand caught in the door that we told last yeah. week too. Like all those things and just how much how much Austin just loved him. He's like, yeah. man, Ray Trailer's like the coolest guy in the world. Anyway, uh, they hug after the match and then sort of parade around for the crowd. Um, 
I don't know if I missed it or if they've cut it out of the broadcast, but after Steven Regal was talking shit about WCW, they come back on the original broadcast and Tony Schiavone is like, uh, I can't believe William Regal would say such a thing. I remember having to put over his boring ass for years on our show. <laughs> like, Tony's fired up. That's fired fucking up funny, too. <laughs> He's not happy that people are disparaging uh, WCW. Then get to the main event of this show, which is Vince taking like the last 20 minutes of this WCW Nitro to gloat at the fact that he has put his competition out of business. Uh, so Vince comes out and they're simulcasting it on TNN and TNT and he makes, he comes down the ramp and then he yells at Lillian Garcia and makes her announce him again. And he walks down the ramp again, which is just a great heel move. Is that what happened? I couldn't tell what yeah. happened. Uh, that is funny though. That is funny. Uh, he says that he's going to make Ted Turner come to WrestleMania uh, that the deal has been completed in theory, but he wants Ted Turner to have to get in the ring with him at WrestleMania and basically beg Vince to sign the papers to buy WCW, which is being... So, uh, for the upcoming invasion, it doesn't sound great, but is essentially being uh, positioned as a albatross around the neck of Ted Turner, like <laughs> that Vince is going to save him from, but he wants Ted Turner to beg him to do it. Yeah. Uh, which is great heel oh, man. Is, but you're also buying this company that you're telling everyone sucks <laughs> whenever you're going to buy it well because he's buying it to bury it like he right. I, I don't he's not lying about that you know what i mean like yeah. uh he it's it is like it's just like the ufc buying pride the ufc bought pride fighting championships pride was like is a legendary mma promotion out of japan uh the ufc bought it was like yeah we're gonna keep doing that and then fucking it, it just it just swallowed absorbed it completely and um that's i, I just love the he's talking about how he was the total underdog in this in this fight and and they laughed at him for years and they said that they're kicking uh, vince's ass and all that and he's like he says the whole the old saying is he who laughs last laughs best and like oh man i just love every bit of it it's so funny He's uh yeah he's he's really good here just he really soaking, is just soaking it in and he says uh uh how do you become a bill how do you beat a billionaire you become one yourself <laughs> yeah. uh, he also says you know I did it all on my own well maybe the wrestlers helped a little bit but it was mostly me <laughs> yeah uh, and he says you got to grab your your competition by the throat and squeeze the life out of him just like he's gonna do to Shane at wwf wrestlemania yeah. <laughs> just one more plug and he was like he's like this he, he laid down the gauntlet on all of his haters basically he's like if you yeah. go against me you will end up buried and i hate to say it even shane <laughs> he's like yeah. even my I, son shane you I don't fuck want with to. vince mcmahon you fucking lose <laughs> yeah. um he also <laughs> says that he's got um you know, he's got endless uh, possibilities for what he could do. He's like, what do I do with WCW? Do I just buy the tape library and just play it at home and laugh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just, he's like, watch them laughing at me and saying that they're beating me. And just rewind it and watch it over and over again. Uh, do I bury WCW? Do I bring them in? And then he does a like a Roman jury with the crowd. 
uh, and the crowd doesn't seem to really understand the rules of this game, but uh, he mentions a bunch yeah. of WCW guys, and he's like, Hulk Hogan, booze, uh, Lex Luger, booze, Buff Bagwell, gets a positive reaction. Dude, Buff Bagwell, Buff, I was so excited. I, it, 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 my, my, uh, it, it turned flaccid as this went. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Buff Bagwell got the biggest pop, and I was going to rub it in your stupid face. And then the following two biggest pops were Scott Steiner and Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. Two guys who I really do not enjoy. <laughs> so uh, they cheer for Scott Steiner, they cheer for Booker T, and then they cheer for Sting. And he's like, well, I guess that's it. And then the crowd starts chanting for Goldberg. And it seems like Vince was not prepared uh, for that to happen. So he's like, okay, well, what about Goldberg? And the crowd pops big for that because it's still 2001 and not 2022. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) then he says all of that was for nothing. And I think they cut out also on this. They cut out where he's essentially like, Jeff Jarrett, you will never work for me. Like (laughs) He said that? Yeah, he's like, you're fucking done, son. Uh, Because... (laughs) Jeff Jarrett, quote unquote, held Vince McMahon up for money uh, because Jeff Jarrett's contract ran out with WWF on like October 16th, which was a Saturday. And he was scheduled to wrestle a pay-per-view that next night and lose the Intercontinental title to China. And nobody knew that his contract ran out. It like fell through the cracks. So he shows up to the show that day and he's like, hey, I want all of my money. (laughs) that you owe me for my merchandise because they used to pay it out quarterly. And he's like, I want you to sign my check for that money. Give me my money or I'm not going to do the match. And they had nothing like he's not under contract. So they couldn't do anything to him. And so they paid him this money, but Vince has always framed it as he held me up for like $400,000. And Jeff Jarrett has always said, I was going to go to WCW and I didn't know if he was going to pay me my money. So I wanted my money before I left, but I'm owed that money. It's not money that I asked for on top of money that I was owed. Yeah. You know, so it's like, of course, Vince is going to frame it his way. Jeff Jarrett's going to frame it his way. But ultimately he, he goes out, he does the match. They pay him the money. He leaves. And then the very next night on nitro, he shows up and that's whenever he's like the chosen one. Vince Russo's guy, and then he does this whole WCW run. Oh shit! But uh, apparently, he buries Jeff Jarrett, which I don't think is on this version of it, or I'm misremembering when he decided to bury Jeff Jarrett. But he was never going to hire Jarrett, so that's why Jarrett started TNA. I wish I would have seen that. <laughs> so uh, Vince decides. Even though I love Jeff Double J, Jeff Jarrett, he's sure. got a piece of my heart. Right. Uh, Now you don't mess with me, slap nuts. That's what Vince should have said to him. Uh, How about that, slap ass? I told you not to piss me off. (laughs) So uh, Vince decides after all this, it was all for naught because he's just going to bury WCW because he doesn't care about it. uh, And he would rather bury it. And then uh, Shane's music hits. And he comes out and he's wearing a turtleneck in Panama City. Uh, Listen, because <laughs> he's a silver spoon uh, millionaire yeah. son. It's perfect. Uh, he announces that uh, his dad's hubris 
much like always, has come back to bite him. Uh, and of course, hits the iconic line. The line, the the contract, the name on the contract says McMahon, but it says Shane McMahon. And he's gonna just like <laughs> just like he did tonight. He's gonna sneak in and he's gonna whip his dad's ass at WrestleMania. <laughs> well, and that's the best thing. Of, okay, so this this perfectly encapsulates the, how Vince is better than Eric Bischoff. Because yeah. Vince got his victory lap. He came out. He shit all over WCW. He he shit all over uh, Ted Turner. He 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 strutted his stuff. He let everybody know, you know, I control all of this, and I won. And you said I wouldn't win, but I won. So, so shove it up your ass. You know, he did all that stuff. Yeah. And then he was the one who was left with shit on his face at the end of the show. Right. Why? Why am I always the one in the doo doo? Exactly, his splat. Yeah. He, he's always the one in the doo doo in my alligator yeah. natives. Uh, and so uh, he, uh, uh, if this were Bischoff, he would have came out, done the victory lap. The top babyface would have came out and and confronted him. He would have whooped the top babyface's ass, and then the show would have ended with him like uh, actually literally smearing shit on the on the face of the top babyface. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why. Vince won. It it certainly helps uh, that Vince a, is not afraid to look like an idiot. It's a big know? part of it. it. Meaning, not even yeah. It's 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 more it's more that Bischoff. It's it's even less that it helps that Vince wasn't afraid to look like an idiot. But I think the bigger thing is that Bischoff was uh, always was obsessed with being the cool guy in the room, and I think that was such a detriment to the storylines that it like was one of the biggest things and from what i've observed that that led to this just not working like the because the nwo was was so bad because of that instinct by bischoff in my opinion well especially if you're the top heel vince is the top heel top heel gets all the heat and gets to win for a while but eventually you know your face has to go in the doo doo. If your and name so, is if 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 you're gonna be Nelson Muntz, every once in a while that super tall guy in the tiny car is gonna pull your pants down and <laughs> make you walk down the street while everybody laughs at you. Right. Sometimes you're gonna hug a tree because you think it's your dad. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, everybody! It's the it's the kid who laughs at everyone. Let's laugh yeah. at him. Ha ha. And so. Uh, yeah, Shane tells him that he's gonna that he bought WCW and that he's gonna beat him on Sunday, and that's it for the end of the WCW show. It's Vince's shocked face, which again, Vince is such a good performer. That shocked face is so funny. It was so uh, perfect. It with was his so eyes perfect. Bugging out, but they also make a point to say, "Hey, Raw's not over. Later on tonight, you're gonna see Kane and the Undertaker." <laughs> Take on Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Yeah, that's the <laughs> Bam Bam Bigelow and Sean Stasiak are supposed to be able to beat that. Yeah, I mean, or you could stay here and watch <laughs> Kid Romeo. Yeah, it, it's wild. And like, <laughs> Elix Skipper. <laughs> yeah, I had like, to look up both of their names. Yeah, it's, that's why it took so long. It's crazy that they were just like, oh, also, not to be outdone. We still have four of the most famous wrestlers in the world uh, coming up. Of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not just today. (laughs) All time. 
you go ahead and stick around. They're going to stay yeah. being the most famous wrestlers in the world. Yeah. If, uh, if, you're, if you don't think that that's interesting, stick around for any of the other hundreds of <laughs> interesting things that we might have going on. We've also got Mick Foley. Yeah. Do you guys have Mick Foley? Yeah. We've got the Hardy Boys. We've got <laughs> the, the goddamn Dudleys are on our show. Uh, so anyway, that is the last WCW Monday Nitro. Um, what ends up happening and what was part of the problem was they... Um, WCW had two many talents under guaranteed contract. I was listening to a, uh, a really good book called uh, Nitro, the rise and fall of WCW, where the guy outlined like 60% of their operating cost was in contracts that were guaranteed. Like WWE does contracts that have a downside guarantee on them also, but this was just flat. Like you sign this wrestler, he makes X amount of dollars a year. And Whether or not it. he wrestles for you. Whether or not he wrestles, if he's hurt, yeah. whatever and everybody's contracts continue to go up and that's why a lot of the guys we'll get to it in the invasion i guess but a lot of the guys that you would think that you would want your goldbergs nash hogan uh hall flair those guys weighed out the majority of their deals with wcw because they're still getting paid because it's time warner's the company that owns wcw so the contract is with time warner it's not with wcw mm, and okay a lot of the mid-card guys, because they aren't on like crazy deals or anything, and they want to wrestle, they are the ones who end up taking the deals with WWE, like new contracts that are WWE contracts. But that's why you don't end up with a lot of the bigger names, which is only a small reason why the invasion is not so great. But you could tell, like, at this point... Uh, I was like, fuck yeah, Lance Storm. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, like yeah, Lance the, Storm, but like it's kind of flaccid. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I I think the problem is a lot of the really good wrestlers are great, but but if you're wanting, everybody imagined what the war would look like. What if the what if Sting wrestled Stone Cold Steve Austin and all of that? And it was like instead, you've That's got Rock Hogan, Goddamn. right? Or you've got Lance Storm wrestling Edge, which is like pretty fun but that's not that's not what i imagined for the war of wcw versus yeah. uh, wwf you know is this the classic uh we see uh triple h in a tank uh no triple h is hurt by the time the invasion happens what what is the triple h in a tank thing that i'm thinking of that's from 1998 wcw or uh wwf dx just goes to invade the a WCW show that's happening in the same area. And was that real? Uh, they really went there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to, but did, did they have an agreement with WCW to do that? Uh, not from anybody in WCW that I've ever heard. It is. Ah, damn, it. that's sick. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. we should do that one of these days too. Yeah, that's just a Monday Night Raw. So, uh, I looked up the Monday Night Raw from this night, which is also not a great show, but it's crazy just how much better it is even based on the names that are on this show, Taz defeats Val Venus in 52 seconds. William Regal beats Crash Holly by DQ in 28 seconds. Chris Benoit and the Hardy Boys <laughs> defeat Edge, Christian, and Kurt Angle in 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Jesus uh, Christ. 
X-Pac defeated Test with special referee Eddie Guerrero in 3 minutes and 37 seconds. The Big Show defeated Chris Jericho in 2 minutes and 42 seconds. And Steve Austin and The Rock defeated The Undertaker and Kane in 4 minutes and 46 seconds. But I bet you that show is a lot more fun to watch. Ed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, this, uh, like I said, I mean, this might have been the best Nitro I've ever seen. Yeah. And it was not good, but at least no. the, there wasn't a lot of wrestling on it. Like, there were there were, the matches were short. Uh, uh, Booker T and um, and Steiner had a decent match. Uh, Sting and Flair wasn't offensive like the other one. Like, this this wasn't a horrible Nitro. And then you got a lot of Vince. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it was so good because <laughs> you get a bunch of Vince McMahon. Yeah, instead of more Scott Steiner and. Uh... And Rick Flair, and there was zero Bischoff and zero Russo on the show. So yeah, that's overall that's pretty good. So where so Russo's at WWF right now? No, Russo is gone. Oh, he's already gone. Okay. Uh, of from everywhere. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants Vince Russo at this point. Uh, he pops back up whenever TNA starts. Ah, okay. And uh, okay. because him and Jared are friends. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, yeah. He made he made Jeff Jarrett his fucking main top babyface champion. Yeah, well, and that killed WCW. So he didn't piss them. him off. <laughs> he didn't. No, uh, the reason they left is because Vince Russo wanted uh, Jeff Jarrett to be in a main event program with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Austin was like, "I don't think so." <laughs> and, uh, uh, you want that chicken shit? Get a shot to rattlesnake. <laughs> yeah, I don't think not today, son. Not today, not son. Whatever. The Rock is right there. You better go buy yourselves a rattlesnake. <laughs> I don't know if they're ever selling them. Uh, so our uh, pop culture is also mostly forgotten this week. The number one movie in America is Heartbreakers. It's a movie I'm going to bet you have not seen. I gotta look it up. Uh, it stars the aforementioned Sigourney Weaver and Jennifer Love Hewitt as okay, a Sigourney. As a mother son or a mother daughter duo of con artists that try to con Gene Hackman out of his money. I'll tell you what, Jennifer Love Hewitt uh-huh. looks fantastic in this movie. That's, you know, it'd be hard to is, disagree with you. Is Jason Lee in that movie? It looks like he is, along with Ray Liotta. So, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Gene Hackman? I, I most certainly have not seen this movie. Its budget is somewhere between 35 and $38 million, according to Wikipedia, and it made $57 million at the box office. Nice. So not great for Heartbreakers. Yeah, you know, they, they got money back. Well, no, because they had to. They yep. had to. You got to double. Yeah. You got to at least double your money in, ho- in Hollywood to make, uh, to make your movie uh, profitable. Man, Jennifer Love Hewitt was really good looking. Yeah. Wait, she's still around. She's very good looking. Yeah. I'm uh I'm more interested in the movie that was number one the week before that, which was Exit Wounds, starring Steven Seagal and DMX, which uh, I know you also have not seen. Nope. But I have seen because it has DMX in it, and I love DMX. So I do love DMX. Uh, it only cost thirty three million, and it made eighty million. Heartbreakers, eat it, <laughs> you know. That's the Seagal effect, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the 
The Seagal effect is uh, very turbulent, though. You're... If you want to sell tickets or win a UFC title fight, you call up the Sensei Seagal. Yeah, he's going to help you kick Vitor Belfort right yeah. in the face. Yeah. Uh, our number one album this week is Every Day by the Dave Matthews Band. Um, it should have which... been Every Dave. What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> which uh, includes the songs I Did It, uh, which that was an OJ thing. Um, <laughs> no, that's If I Did It, bro. Oh, right, right, right. <clears throat> the, I, the If is very small, though. It is a very small If, yeah, that yeah. is true. Uh, the song The Space Between and the song Every Day. I do not enjoy the Dave Matthews Band, so I have nothing to say about this one. Does the Dave Matthews band play uh, Gravedigger? No, that is Dave Matthews solo, which I do enjoy. I like that song. That's a very good song. Uh, that album, the Dave Matthews solo album, it's very good. Um, and everybody that's in the Dave Matthews band is very good. Uh, they might have the best drummer alive, uh, this guy named Carter Buford, who's very, very good. They just don't care about their music. The music that they make does not interest me. <laughs> uh, I I am sure that it is probably good, but I I'm disinterested. Uh, that does it because we talked about the number one songs on our WrestleMania breakdown, which is either uh, "Angel" by Shaggy or "Butterfly" by Crazy Town. So just real. Yeah, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed with the movies this week. Yeah, the our uh, imagine "Butterfly" and. Uh, Angel both being played ad nauseum at the spring break, just <laughs> everywhere. Oh yeah, it is that it, multiple times. Like our our band played a couple songs multiple times last night. Yeah. You probably heard Butterfly fourteen times at every club. <laughs> yeah, and this is only this is only the year after Who Let the Dogs Out, so that song's still being played. I can tell you that. Oh yeah, that's uh. That's when does all when does all star all star change the world? <laughs> the the meteoric released in 99 (laughs) so that's being played that's probably in there um i am looking for the one oh it's too early i was trying to see when hot and her was released oh yeah it's a little later a little later that's a a game changer right there that was Uh, right there i'm trying to think of like what what we what we associate all those uh, what we associate with all those songs but I think I think All Star, uh, uh, the stinking Baja men, yeah. um, and and the two you referenced, uh, Butterfly, and what was the other one? Uh oh, uh, uh, Angel by Shaggy. Angel by Shaggy. That, that also means it wasn't me. Was oh out. yeah, when when was it? It wasn't me because I I forgot. Oh yeah, didn't you say it wasn't me? Was first. That's the first single. Yeah. Yeah. To November yeah. 2000. Oh yeah, that one's fucking playing a lot, a lot. Oh dude, Ride with Me by Nelly, however, is out. Oh <laughs> you know man, that's L in my back. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now I'm just check it. Yeah, Peaches and Cream. Uh, is also out. It's just a. It's a wild time. Uh. I, I this one. Uh. This is this is way after, but I got to make sure. Holiday Inn by uh, Luda. Yeah. That's way after. I think that's like 2003 or 2004 or something like that. What you uh, do? Nothing chilling at the Holiday uh, Inn. Yep. 
Oh, uh, also, Follow Me by Uncle Cracker is <laughs> out right now. That's such if a weird time, man. For your more, like, that's your more country bar kind of thing. Yeah. If that's what you're looking for. Um, By the way, speaking pop- of Holiday Inn, the best line. Yeah. That, it's it's really quick. The best line of that song is, stop, drop, kaboom, baby, rub on your nipples. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, I, okay, so t- two more because I could do this all day. And I know you got to go somewhere. Family Affair yeah, I gotta by go. Mary J. Blige is out. So fucking okay. get, yep. get on the dance floor because Mary's back. Yep. And Miss Jackson by Outcast. Well, how are you gonna <laughs> deny? Yeah. That's uh so it's a weird, you know, I don't wanna be in two thousand one. I was actually thinking of this uh the other day from a podcast I listened to. Let's see if this will end the show. If you went back in time, let's say you went back in time five hundred years, what do you think is the easiest thing you could explain to them how to do from today. Like that you could, cause I think I suck. I can't do anything. I think boiling water is probably the thing that I could uh, like get on board with for those people like in back in time people. So, so wait, are we, so we're going back in time. Yeah. And we're teaching them to do something. Well, I'm just saying, because, like, I could tell them what an iPhone is. I couldn't build an iPhone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so Yeah, what's but they the... know how to boil water, don't they? I don't know. Boiling water is a thing. That's what I'm saying. What's oh, the... you just what is... <laughs> they've never They've never left it on the, fi... on the flame that long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, like, distill it, you know, for drinking. Um... Like, what do you... Because th... I could tell them, like, okay, in the future we have, like, a box that shows pictures of like pretend stories, but yeah. I couldn't tell them like how to build a TV. I couldn't tell them how to build a movie camera. I couldn't I'll, tell them how to do anything. I'll teach them how to fuck, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I'm like, I was really thinking about it. I was like, I think boiling water is probably the best invention that I could give to them. You, <laughs> you gotta, could, you gotta give me time, bro. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what what, the, skill, what the answer to this question is. What skill do I possess that I could really like give get them? You know, I could create pro wrestling. That's what I could do. So I could like get a bunch. Well, of I theater. was thinking that same thing. Like I'll I'll teach them the stunner. Yeah, like I could get them. I could get a bunch of theater actors together, and I could teach them how to how to wrestle, and then we could go from town to town doing our fake fights, and that would be like the you know I just run storylines and then they find now. out it's fake and they fucking kill you it lasts <laughs> yeah. like one show yeah let's it's, eat them it's, it's as bad as me trying to tell them that the uh that the sun doesn't revolve around the earth you know yeah it's a, yeah they galileo me real quick <laughs> they found out about kayfabe uh, no i just i i, I feel so betrayed <laughs> yeah i heard about it on i i heard somebody ask that question on a podcast and i was like shit man I don't know. I don't know how to build. I don't know how to build anything. All the components are are there. We've made all the stuff from stuff we have. You know. Yeah. I just don't know how to do any of it. Yeah, so, I've got I've got no chance. There's almost nothing I could teach those people. Probably yeah. not, except for uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, but then everybody dies of the rickets. You know, it's a. Uh, it's you're trying. That is to... true. That is yeah. true. Maybe maybe teach them about STDs. Sure, or like. Uh, I I guess I could be like, hey, 
like wash your hands, dude. Like <laughs> that's you know. If I went back to the Civil War, that's the one thing I could do to help people. Just like, give it hey, a once over. Yeah, like don't before you put your hands inside that other dude's body to try to help him. Maybe make sure yours aren't also filled with mud. Like, oh, you think you think if you went back to the Civil War, you could go up to like General Lee or like one of those motherfuckers and be like, "Hey, by the way, I'm from the future. You guys lose this war like hard." <laughs> and I yeah, I hate to tell you, and yeah. uh, this stuff that you're fighting for, it ends up like making you look really, like, really bad in the future. We're <laughs> we're tearing down your your we're steady tearing down your statues. Yeah. Well, I'd also have to be like. Hey, you guys, like, you guys lose this war, and also, like, I'm stoked about it, I have to tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one no one in the future, well, most people in the future, yeah. are not rooting for you to have won this war, yeah. just so you know. And it's getting real bad for the people that, like, are stoked that you, I mean, would have been stoked had you won. So, like, yeah. maybe, like, preserve the legacy a little bit and be like, yeah, actually, man, maybe, you know, slavery, or you could, you know. You just keep doing this. We're he's just ride. He's just riding away. Also, he would have no respect for me. I'm a. I'm a tiny like. Uh, I'm a tiny man who's watched TV his whole life. I don't That's know how to true, do anything. That's true, but I'm trying to think of how I could convince him. Yeah. Just because uh, the only thing I can't. I I don't know enough. I don't know enough. Uh, like if I knew like the outcome of some of the battles, that'd be dope. But like. I would just assume they lose all of them, which isn't the truth. And right. then I could tell him like, hey. Uh, some crazy actor is going to kill Lincoln in a couple of years, but that's after the war. So it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know how I, how do I convince him I'm from the future? Exactly. Uh, that's part one. And then part two, then I got to break the bad news to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that he's, he doesn't win the war. Yeah. You that's, super don't win the war. Like yeah. you surrender. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically you, I believe surrenders. <laughs> I think that. No, it sounds makes, weird. That makes me think of the uh, the Simpsons episode where Homer goes back in time and he's like, "Just remember what your dad told you the night you got married. Uh, if you ever go, go cut, <laughs> don't touch anything. It'll ruin the future." And then he gets mad. He comes back and he just starts smashing everything. He punches a dinosaur to death. Yeah, because there's a bunch of yeah, there's a there's like bugs that fuck with him or something like that. Yeah. He's like he's like smashing him with his feet. He does. Yeah. He beats the shit out of a dinosaur. And then the the it cuts back to the present and the thing just keeps changing. The house just yeah. keeps changing as he goes. And then he sneezes in the face of a dinosaur and it kills everything. He's like, <laughs> well, that's probably no good. <laughs> You know what would probably actually happen if I went back in time? I would kill everyone, unfortunately, with like the diseases that I have that like they aren't inoculated to. They would probably, uh, uh, or they'd kill me with one of their stupid old timey diseases. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And but the thing is, like, they would probably sanitize the shit out of you before you go back in time. Yeah, unless you just like well, fucking I'm accidentally, Wild West yeah, cavalier <laughs> that shit. The, if I just like Spider-Man villain origin story just fell into some shit that like super collides or whatever, you know, I go back in time. What happened to Dusty? Oh, uh, we think he went back in time. Yeah, he got super collided. Wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Got, yeah. You I've know seen him in some old photos. <laughs> like I'm real scared. Yeah. But it's, it's just me writing help in a yeah. language no one can read yet because English hasn't been invented. It just, it, yeah, it help from 2022. <laughs> <Yeah>. Scared. <laughs> the, not inoculated to rickets 
Yeah. Please help. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to convince them how to build a Hydron Super Collider. They don't know anything. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like it, No, it like smashes it, them together. Yeah. It's really just, big. And they're like, how do you build it then? You're like, I don't know, man. I'm just the idea guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then my other ideas that I can actually do something about are like, okay, so you have some cheese, right? Leave that cheese out like for a long time. Check it out. And then... Yeah. It's going to like, it's going to help with some stuff. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's how back like uh, penicillin was initially discovered. I just <laughs> half remember all of this stuff. Like, uh, pasteurization is something, I think. I don't know. I got one guy working on A-bombs. I got another guy working <laughs> on Coca-Cola. Yeah. Uh, which was also accidentally invented. So good luck to me trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> So anyway. anyway, sorry, that was uh, too too much at the end. But uh, too much at be, the end. <laughs> we will be back next week, going in the past, just on our televisions, uh, because we are starting the invasion properly with the WWF pay per view from July of two thousand one, properly named Invasion, uh, which has a sick ass poster, which is like half Vince's face and half Shane's face. Fuck yeah, it's like face off. Yeah, uh, they want to take their faces off. Which is a dog shit movie. Oh, I'll hear nothing of that. Uh, <laughs> as a man who now has, hold on, uh, 1,661 likes for his Bob's Burger tweet. <laughs> I'll hear nothing from you. The Bob's uh, Burger army is going to be after me. That's right. Um, anyway, follow us at the socials. Dropped at the top. Uh, watch the Invasion pay-per-view so you know what we're talking about next week because we will be back. Because even though Kayfabe is dead, we are alive at the Snark Marks, starting our Invasion podcast.